Hey folks, I'm Nick D'Alessandro, and this is Wait 5 Minutes, a podcast about Florida by a Floridian. This week is the season four epilogue, and to celebrate a warm summer full of heartache and change, I'd like to talk a little bit about the stories we've discussed so far about Florida's unusual relationship with memory. One of the things I wanted to do while I was in quarantine was check things off my reading list. I am a collector, I buy a lot of books, and I wanted to get around to reading more before I started to buy more. I picked through a few books over the months until I settled in on two around mid-July. The first was Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff. I'm a huge fan of Lauren Groff, whose book titled Florida was an inspiration for this show. The second book was The Gulf by Jack E. Davis, an incredible historical narrative detailing the Gulf of Mexico's incredible story and development over the last several centuries. Both amazing reads, but The Gulf got something stuck in my head that I haven't stopped thinking about since. It's about the country of Spain and the way they named Florida. The story of that has a lot to do with the holiday of Pasqua, which literally means Easter. Being that Easter is the most prominent religion within Catholicism, and Catholicism is the largest religion in the country of Spain, the holiday has a rich history of celebrations in communities that widely practice the religion. In the province of Malaga, Easter is celebrated through huge floral floats that roll down the street. In Seville, thousands flock to celebrate in a long string of events that lead up to Easter Sunday. There are traditional baked goods and traditional ceremonial clothing and lots of ritual to honor this significant day in their faith. Throughout history, Easter has been an extremely important holiday for Spain. Catholicism is a religion filled to the brim with feast days honoring figures and events in the Bible, as well as saints throughout history. Some places are actually named because they were founded on or around a specific feast day. St. Augustine, for example, Spain's oldest settlement in Florida, was named because it was first seen by the sailors under Pedro Menendez de Aviles on the feast day of San Augustin, August 28th. In the Gulf, Jack E. Davis notes that Florida as a whole was first spotted by Spanish explorer Juan Ponce de Leon in April of 1513. It's not clear on exactly what day in April that Ponce saw it, but it was sometime in the period where the Spanish sailors were celebrating Pasqua, Easter. To be specific, he landed during a time in the Pasqua celebration called Pasqua Florida, meaning literally, Feast of Flowers. Now, I don't know about you, but the story I've always been told was that Florida was named Florida because of all the flowers in our state, and Ponce chose an appropriate name in his native tongue, La Florida. But Davis points out that if Ponce had landed anywhere else on the same day in the same time, perhaps that spot would be known as Florida instead. Imagine any state from Georgia to Maine where Ponce could have landed. What if Louisiana was spotted on Pasqua Florida or Texas? But he spotted our peninsula that day and the name stuck. The story we were told, the story I was told, was wrong. This season was all about that idea, how wrong we all can be. And not all of us have been wrong in our recollections of history. Many of us have known the hard truths for years. In the last few months of our American culture, I think many people have had a new awakening to the horrors and heartbreaks of our story as a nation and how much of that has been wiped away or ignored. The last few months on this show, we too have had a reckoning with the stories we were told. For me, in the end, I've been left with more questions than answers. 
For example, why did the Florida state legislature remove a perfectly acceptable state song in order to replace it with a racist and offensive minstrel show tune? Was it racism or was it a fear of communism? Why did the original Florida Brewing Company decide to start brewing beer over the infamous Government Spring, which had supplied the fort on the water for years before them? Did the Orlando Magic of the mid-90s act selfishly to have their coach fired, or did ego on all sides lead to a public and misconstrued falling out? Did Dr. Sellards make a false assumption about the Vero Man that led to a century of archaeological confusion, or did a lack of proper methodology in his time blur a fairly logical scientific process up to that point? Did Jose Gaspar name Sanibel and Captiva? Did Herbert Hoover lead to a decrease in the gopher tortoise population? Did the four men arrested in the mid-60s actually plant the bombs under the train bridges during the railway war that plagued the Florida East Coast Railroad? Why did George Kirkpatrick defend the Rodman Reservoir to his dying breath? Who was the unnamed man buried in the graveyard on Sanibel Island? Did that union organizer in Ocala in the 30s actually nail himself to a cross just for attention? Was Florida actually named because Ponce saw the peninsula on Easter, or did he actually just like all the flowers when he landed? Why did any of it happen? What is the story? The fact that the truth was not remembered, it haunts me. I don't have an answer to any of those. But for my own sanity, I've come up with a solution of sorts. It's a quote that I may have shared before by Austria-born poet Rainer Maria Rilke. It sits on my desk where I write every word of this show. It's as much a philosophy as it is a salve to all those unanswered problems in our shared history. I think of it often when writing this show. Quote, Do not seek the answers which cannot be given to you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps then someday, far in the future, you will gradually, without even noticing it, live your way into the answer. End quote. It brings me a lot of peace of mind, the idea of active questioning. I think constantly searching for an answer through living your life and learning as you go is something we should all do more of. I would give anything for the answers to most of the questions, but I do not have them. Our memory was not long enough to have saved the solutions. The stories we have been told have deliberately left out details or chose to leave out context, making the enemy look like the good guy or making the good guy look like the enemy. I think it is our role to not take every story that comes our way at face value. We should criticize them, think about them, learn more. When we read histories, we must live the questions that come to us. History, I think, is a story still unraveling, and we are living in history right now. It's happening around us. When two generations have passed, and I'm an old man decades from now, how will our children's children remember this moment? How will they remember 2020? How will they remember the pandemic, the social unrest, the political climate? How will they remember it? It's on us to choose the narrative. I hope, for their sake, not our own, that our memories are longer than the memories of those that came before us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Wait 5 Minutes. I am so glad that you are here. This season was a wonderful one, and I'm so fortunate that I got to share it with you all. 
if somehow this is your first episode, go back and listen to this season. There will not be answers to all the questions I just asked, but there will certainly be a lot of context and explanation. All of this and more is discussed at length over the last few months. Start with the season four premiere, Florida State Song. I'm really, really proud of that episode. If you did enjoy this episode, please consider leaving a five-star review below. It helps the show become more visible, and it means the world to me. You can also find me and share the episodes on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at WFMPod. If you want to send me a message, you can do so at WFMPod at gmail.com, and you can follow my personal account at WFMNick. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you to all the incredible guests from this season. They are, in order, Alex Lothstein, Tracy C. Davis, Dr. Stephen Whitfield, John Denton, Gary Mormino, David Doble, Emily Alfino, Dr. Andy Hemmings, Gabrielle Khaleesi, Blue Nelson, and Jim Gross. I literally could not have done this season without them. All the music used in this episode is from Lobo Loco. You can find more of their fabulous music at the link below. Time for a little announcement about the future. For three Mondays, starting September 14th, I'll be making a little mini-series called Swing State. Usually between seasons we do interviews with amazing Floridians, but considering that there is a major election coming up in just two months, I wanted to tell you about how essential Florida is in national elections in history. I won't be telling you about all the times we got it right. Instead, I'll be telling you about three significant moments in our electoral history where Florida got it wrong. So, expect those episodes September 14th, 21st, and 28th. It is going to be a total blast. I will see you on September 14th. Until then, I'm Nick D'Alessandro. Be good to yourself, be good to others, wear a mask when you go outside, and please, drink more water. Thank you for a wonderful season. Have a great week.